0: Dave Olson from the Salem News, and uh, we're here with Jerry Parasella, who is um, the incumbent um, candidate for the uh, 6th Essex District, representing the city of Beverly. And um, why don't we get right to the the questions, maybe talk a little bit about um, the last two years and what you think the um, successes and, and maybe challenges in the legislature have been. Uh, specific to to beverly
1: okay sure yeah well first of all thanks for having me i appreciate it um yeah the last two years i mean i think challenges statewide and in, in maybe um, to beverly as well you know the, the opioid crisis is something i think has touched upon everybody's lives somebody knows uh, who's been touched upon that so in, in the legislature we've done a lot of work on the opioid issue put a lot more money into having beds available. That seems to have been an issue that a lot of folks would have been having trouble with is trying to find a bed. In Massachusetts, we only required three days of treatment, but we've pushed it up to 14 days where insurers have to cover 14 days of treatment. Massachusetts was the leader in requiring uh, doctors to only prescribe for seven days for mm-hmm. opioids, so you don't have like a 30-day supply in the med- medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. We found that that tended to be a problem where there was like Oxycontin lying around mm-hmm. in the house and you might have teenagers or others who have access to that. And that can lead to the addiction and, you know, to heroin and things like that. So uh, that's been a big issue as far as specific things with Mass- with Beverly. You know, just trying to bring home the resources uh, of state money to Beverly for projects that are important to Beverly, like the new middle school that just opened up this year, $50 million state funds for that $20 million for the Route 1A project the Brimble Ave project $5 million got $200,000 in the budget this year for the city to help design the new police station money for the carriage house. So things like that, you know, chapter 70 money, which is money for the schools, Mm -hmm. about $8 million for Beverly, about $5.5 million for Beverly for things like the parks, paying for police and fire, the unrestricted local aid, and, you know, money for roads. Mm -hmm. Everyone talks about, you know, potholes and sidewalks (laughs) and stuff like that. So uh, a couple million dollars for that that came back to Beverly. So uh, trying to make sure that we tackle those local issues, but also those broad issues like the opi- opioid issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's interesting. You, you make that one of your, your top issues. It's because it seems like um, one of the, one of the heartening things about, especially in Massachusetts is everybody seems to agree that there's a problem and everybody's working um, very hard across the aisle to solve, to solve the problem. But at the same time, it, it, it it can be frustrating. It seems um, opioid deaths are down um, because you know the naloxone is is readily available. Narcan is available for people, but the number of overdoses don't seem to be budging that much. And um, fentanyl is still is a, is a, is um, the synthetic opioid is an incredibly um, dangerous product. And it seems like Massachusetts itself is having a really difficult time with that. What can we do? you know, in the next session to kind of take take, uh, take a whack at that?
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, you know, we did get some state funding for the police and fire to have Narcan because you mentioned it's so expensive too, you know, so there were two twenty dollars grants. Um, I think the, you know, one of the things that we're really looking hard at is, you know, when someone shows up at the emergency room, what do you do? I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of times they were just released back into the community. Now we're trying to develop wraparound services so mm-hmm. that the folks aren't just literally Okay, you're brought back to life, you're treated at the ER, and you're back on the street. Um, there's been talk about having peer support specialists at the hospital that, that, you know, have been through this themselves and are now can support uh, folks. Um, there's been talk about maybe having a hold at the hospital mm-hmm. so they don't just get released right away. You know, they can have counseling and things like that. That's, that's a challenging one because are you violating their civil rights, right, They're adults? Right. Should they be, you know, if they want to leave, you know, should we, so that, right. that's, that's a challenge, but that's, that's some of the things that we're really looking hard at for the next session. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I think it's critical. I mean, it's you, like you said, the deaths are down, but I've talked to police and fire who say they have Narcan folks more than once on the same day. Right. right it's terrible. Right, and, right, and, exactly. and, and, and I think Beverly is doing a good job. We've Brought Dr. Pote, who's, an, who's mm. a, an expert from uh, the Berkshires, to come and speak to the students at, at the high school and at the middle school. And she's talked to parents so that mm. we as parents can sort of understand what's going on with our kids and other issues that, that we can uh, be more familiar with. So uh, those kind of things, education, mm. um, educating doctors, educating teachers, educating parents, you know, that kind of stuff is really important. We've put money into the state budget to do
0: that. Right. Right, and you have and you have the um, the high school the consortium right up right up the street, which really seems to be um, a leader in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, do you feel? I mean, a lot of times with the legislature, there'll be a big um, push, and you know you'll make it. You have a big um, issue, and and you'll pass legislation, on and then it might be five or ten years before it comes up again. Do you think this is an issue that that is almost a yearly um, topic? You know, I it's I
1: don't think it's something that's going to go away. You know, like you mentioned, fentanyl and there's also carfentanyl, which yeah. is sort of a derivative of that. I mean, they were we, it was weird. They weren't illegal for distribution uh, in Massachusetts, so we we changed that. We corrected that. Unfortunately, uh, the folks that are doing this stuff are pretty uh, adept at you know changing the formulas and things like that. Um, so it's hard to keep up sometimes. But um, what we did do was um, essentially we said. We're going to follow the federal schedule of illegal drugs so we don't have to keep passing legislation. So when mm-hmm. the feds say, hey, this is illegal, then Massachusetts will follow that now. So we don't have to just keep trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, so dealers that are dealing fentanyl, carfentanyl, you know, they're going to face severe penalties. Right. Does it still stop them? Yeah, you know, I don't know. But I mean, if they're doing it, we need to make sure that they're properly mm-hmm.
0: penalized. And, and kind of a... The a similar issue a little bit. Are you, are you comfortable with how the, um, the legalization and the, and the sale of marijuana has been, has been rolled out by the state and in in the, in the communities?
1: I mean, personally, I wasn't thrilled about it, about it being, I mean, I have a 14 year old, so what kind of message are we sending? But now that it's legalized and the voters have spoken, you know, we need to make sure that we get it right. It has taken longer than, than people want, but the way I sort of look at it is, let's get it right when we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's make sure that the labs are out there, that they can test it. Um, you know, we've got, we're have we pretty strict. I mean, Colorado and Oregon and other states did it before us, so we could sort of look at them, what they did right, what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually met with a group um, the other day that's looking to uh, provide uh, mar- recreational mm-hmm. marijuana in Beverly, mm-hmm. so I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to them. What's your plan? What are right. you guys doing? What's right. your security? They're very sophisticated now they've been in business for a while so um, you know I think it should get going I think fairly soon you know the state has sort of stepped up this right. cannabis control commission and um you know let's get it right and let's make sure that when folks are buying this stuff that it's you know it says what it is you know <laughs> right <laughs> especially it- with those edibles and the candy and you had like, things that look like Kit Kats right. and Reese's and stuff that they were trying to sell so that stuff is all a lot in Massachusetts.
0: Right, it's one of those issues I think is going to be, need to be a lot of um, education of the public when when these things do open so you consumers are are um, aware of what it is of what it is they're buying. Do you think I mean what do you think about Beverly's approach some communities you know they try and they've tried to almost I think um, regulate it to a point where it's almost impossible mm-hmm to um, To have a, a marijuana shop in town, regardless of how of how the their citizens might have voted, I mean Beverly seems to to be somewhere between Salem and, and Peabody in the in the the scheme of things on that.
1: Yeah, I mean Beverly by, under the law Beverly can have up to four. Mm-hmm. So um, you know I think the city officials are taking a deliberate approach, making sure it's done right. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day there has to be a community host agreement. So they have to come to an agreement with the mayor, whether Mm -hmm. it's how much they're going to pay, you know, it's a security like and things like that. So there is still that, that local control, but you know, the voters in Beverly did approve it. Mm -hmm. So,
0: um, you know, I think the reality is it's going to come to (laughs) Beverly. (laughs) Some of those community host arrangements in other towns have been almost extortionate in what people (laughs) are are asking, are asking for. Um, Another, another issue, you know, it's been, it's been in the news lately is um, affordable housing. Of course, I mean, I think I think Beverly, um, as a as a community, has been fairly um, progressive and, and open in in um, finding finding a place for all sorts of affordable housing. You know, now and in the future, with the the Sawyer Road and and Toza Road project with Harbor Light, um, and then down the road, you might see a Hamilton, where the it's just a battle to get to get anything mm-hmm. built there. And you know, is there a concern that? Um, cities like Beverly and Salem are, are taking on um, a disproportionate load of, of the region's um, affordable housing um, stock. Yeah, it does seem
1: unfortunate that our neighbors, you know, are not as receptive. I mean, like you mentioned, so Beverly, I mean, for example, we've got uh, the Pleasant Street Apartments, which uh, house homeless veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the River House, which uh, is a homeless shelter. Uh, You know, we've got the local zoning ordinance that requires 12% of multifamily projects to be affordable. Um, So I think Beverly is much more accommodating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just the overall issue of affordable housing, you know, what is affordable? (laughs) Even like some of the units um, with that new project that's being built right next to the depot, Mm -hmm. um, there's 16 units of affordable housing there. And even there, the affordable units range from like 1,600 a month to like, you know, 1,900 a month, and <laughs> right. that's affordable. Right. So, right. I mean, it can be tough for a teacher, uh, you know, someone who lives and works in Beverly to live in Beverly. Right. So, right. it's a challenge, no right. question about it. We did do a pretty significant uh, bond bill at the state level, uh, over a billion and a half dollars to subsidize affordable housing projects throughout the state. It should fund about 10,000 units of affordable housing. So... We're hoping that will have some sort of a dent. It's mm-hmm. just, it is it is tough in the Northeast. We're such, you know, we're, there's our, we're crowded. There's no, we're not, as they say, <laughs> they're not creating new land. Right. So, uh, you know, to try to do that challenge. And I think for Beverly, it's sort of a mixed bag because Beverly is doing so well and people want to live here mm-hmm. that it does create that issue of can you afford to live here? Right. And, and for folks that that work in Boston, hey, you can just hop on the train, and you're, you're you're you don't have to drive to your job in Boston. So there's a lot of good things about Beverly, but it also does re- result in uh, having those challenges
0: of creating affordable housing. Right, and I, I think there was a, there was a um, legislation that had been proposed. I don't think it made it through um, to um, rework some of the zoning laws to give to to make it easier um, statewide to to build affordable because because trying to as Andrew Frantz will probably tell you, trying to trying to build an affordable um, housing project, it's, it can be a real like thicket of of you know lead, of lawsuits and zoning and zoning board of appeals. And um, is there any hope that that, that kind of um, effort will will um, restart next year? zoning is <laughs> <it's> so
1: complicated <laughs> before i became a rep I, I as a lawyer i did a lot of zoning work and, and it is it is complicated and you know folks in, in every community has their own unique zoning so i think the challenge is do you do you have the state saying to the communities this is how you need to do it then you get the pushback from the community saying state don't tell us what what, what right. we should be doing so that's where i think i got stalled is trying to balance that of creating affordable housing, not having it be so burdensome, um, but also ha- having some local control. And, and that's where I think you'd get a lot of pushback from some of the community saying, hey, you're telling us what to do and you shouldn't be telling us. So that's why I think we can sometimes, I think it's a, it's a challenge and I think it's something that we're gonna look at for sure. It's just trying to balance the local control with having you know this sort of policy at the state level saying let's make it a little bit easier like, like when, um, when Fort Devons closed, they, we created, um, they created their own sort of entity there and their own permitting. And it really worked out well. And that place is booming now. There's yeah. a lot of commercial business there. Um, so I think it works okay for the commercial segment. The question is in that sort of like its own enclave, and there's not a lot of uh, homes around there. And so I think I even talked to uh, the folks at Devons about that saying, is there any way to replicate that locally? So I think that's something that we'd like to try to look at. The question, like I said, is just trying to not have so much state
0: <laughs> control right. that you lose right. that
1: local aspect and input from right. it.
0: Especially when we have 351 cities and towns ranging from a place like Beverly to a place like Hamilton, it's gotta be um, difficult.
1: And Western Mass is so different than mm-hmm. the North. I mean, it's almost feels like a different state in a way. Um, and so you know those reps are saying, "Hey, you're t- t- trying to tell us what to do in Boston, and we're ju- it just doesn't fit mm-hmm. with what's going on in Greenfield or Pittsfield or Holyoke and stuff mm-hmm. like that." So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a challenge. And,
0: and in the meantime, in Beverly, you have you have uh, Brimble, which is which is becoming, you know, a real um, center for for a lot of um, apartment, like the, for lack of a better, in Beverly in Beverly's scheme of things, high rise apartments with a, with a lot of. Um, um, it's kind of changing the the character uh, of that, of that stretch of, of Beverly. What's your, what's your tip? You mean Rantoul? That, Rantoul, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, I've been got to go back to work after this. Yeah, Rantoul, excuse me,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, Beverly changed the zoning to allow 70 feet. So uh, that has a result in that. I, I think it's sort of that, they call it the transit-oriented development where, mm-hmm. you know, you just walk out of your apartment right. and you walk to the train station. Um, I do hear from folks saying, oh, geez, Wendover's taking over the city, you know, what's going on there? Um, but, you know, I think they do quality work and, you know, the housing is needed in Beverly. So that is, a, it is a challenge, you know, how do we balance, you know, not having so much traffic, you know, like on mm-hmm. Rantoul and, and mm-hmm. things like that, but also uh, meeting the housing needs of the residents. But I think, um, with a lot of those folks, they do work in Boston, and so they say, "Hey, you know, I'm hopping on the commuter rail." Right. So, you know, I'm not sure if it's creating the huge traffic issues. I mean, I, I definitely think there has been an uptick, no question <laughs> about it. But hopefully, you're getting those folks that don't have to drive in their car; they're just walking down right. and, and hopping right. on the train.
0: It's a good. That's a good segue to you know, the MBTA. I mean, that's been you know, a constant issue. I mean, I'm sure Governor Baker would like people to stop talking about the MBTA <laughs> for a while. But you know, what's your seems like there's been progress and fits and starts with with um things like reliability and and um overall service i mean what's your what's your sense of of how the how the commuter rail has has
1: yeah i mean in 2015 (laughs) during that snowmageddon i mean i don't think i don't think i ever got more emails from folks and calls about you know that people want a reliable service and it was terrible then um they have put a lot of money into it we did make changes to uh Allow the governor to have a little more flexibility in the Pacheco mm-hmm. law mm-hmm. and also um, create that fiscal control management, fiscal management control board. I haven't gotten hardly any calls in, like, I would say the last, like, three to four months from folks about the train. So I think the reliability has improved uh, mm-hmm. significantly. You know, when winter comes, we'll see how <laughs> it goes. Right, that'll be the test. They have made progress. The thing that really annoyed me, and I sort of hopped on this with a T for a long time, was they did a lousy job collecting fares. Mm So people who put the money for their monthly passes, Mm -hmm. seeing other people walking on the train and never having their fares collected, that wasn't fair. They're doing a lot better job at that. Now they stop everybody at North Station Mm -hmm. and make sure they have a ticket. And they were sort of poo-pooing that, you know, like six, eight years ago saying, oh, that's hardly anybody. And then they did a study and found it at about $20 million. (laughs) So it's not, it's real money. Um, So, you know, I'm glad they're cracking down on that, Mm -hmm. you know. So there have been improvements. I think there's still a long way to go. The T is the oldest transit system in the United mm-hmm. States, so there's a lot of old switches and gears and things that people don't think about that, that they're updating now, so hopefully mm-hmm. that will improve reliability.
0: Were you surprised that the governor didn't try to extend the waiver on the... The yeah, he never
1: really, he didn't bring it up this time. You know, the three years is up, but those contracts are still in place. So, you know, maybe that's why he wants to kind of let it play out. I think he's trying to work with the Carmen's Union, which is the biggest tea union. Um, they had some concessions in their last contract, probably because of uh, mm-hmm. the pressure of, you know, competing in the Pacheco law. So I think it's sort of a hey, let's see how this plays out. And if we need to address it again, we mm-hmm. will.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I know you've, you're, you're a a veteran. Um, I know you've made, you've made that, that's been one of your major, your major um, um, topics in in the legislature. Maybe give us a little bit of an update on, on what you've done over the past, you know, I think it was all four all four sessions.
1: Yeah, so I became chairman of the Veterans Commission la- Committee last session, mm-hmm. so we did this huge bill called the Home Act and it was really really comprehensive. I took all, all bills, all the bills that were filed, looked at them and we sort of made this comprehensive bill. Some of the highlights are in Massachusetts now if you are a veteran, that's actually a protected class just like race, religion, mm-hmm. gender identity things like that. Cuz we we were hearing from folks saying Oh, geez, this guy's a veteran. Does he have PTSD? Should we hire this person? You know, things like that. So now that's a protected class. In in Massachusetts, if you were a 100% disabled veteran, your income from the VA actually disqualified you from public housing. It was really odd just the way the formula they used. Mm -hmm. So you're disabled, you can't work, you served your country, you had serious injuries, and you couldn't qualify for public housing. It made no sense. So we changed the formula to eliminate that so that that disability income would not be counted Mm -hmm. against you for public Mm -hmm. housing. We created... uh, in public housing now, veterans have uh, preferred status. So if it's all equal and you're a veteran, then you get a preference. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the highlights that we did in that bill. In Massachusetts, if you're a veteran and you deploy to Iraq or Afghanistan or a place like that, you have when you come home, you get a $1,000 welcome home bonus. Mm-hmm. We're the only state that does that. So I've traveled around to a lot of other states, whether it's because of my military duty or you know as chairman of the Veterans Committee, and they're amazed at some of the... Uh, Services that we provide veterans in Massachusetts. For example, we have our own Department of Veterans Service and we have what's called the SAVE team. These guys are on call 24 7. I got a call from a woman about a year ago. She said, My son is having a lot of problems. He's a veteran. I'm worried about him harming himself i called the save team and within two hours they were at the house they were looking into it they were finding this uh, veteran with services so that's state pacific to massachusetts mm-hmm. that's not a va um, service mm-hmm. that's uh, the save team in massachusetts so like you said in massachusetts we really step up to support our veterans mm-hmm.
0: what what um what still needs to be done i mean it, it's this is the longest war in american history which is which is stunning when you stop and think about it um, with no, unfortunately no, no real end in sight. I mean, what is the next, what is the next area where, where, where veterans need help?
1: I think, you know, that, that stigma of PTSD, I think it's starting to, to go away, but you know, that's something that, you know, we want to make sure that if, if, don't be afraid to talk to your, your colleagues about that. Don't be afraid to say that you need help. Um, we'll be there for you and you won't be stigmatized. You won't uh face discrimination because of it um you know so i think that's important there was a, an issue with veterans homelessness but mm-hmm. that's really been tackled the last couple of years boston said that they've got eliminated homelessness in boston for veterans um so those kind of things but i think the challenge for for massachusetts specifically is someone like myself or national guardsmen we deploy we come back, and there's not that big military base mm-hmm. like in Texas or Virginia mm-hmm. or North Carolina. So you're sort of on your own. So how do we make sure that when they come back, that we can reach out to them and get them the services that they need? Mm-hmm. Because you're just sort of thrown back into the yeah. community. There's not like a
0: clearing area. Not like yeah. A, yeah,
1: yeah. There's no, there's no like if you're if you're an active duty soldier, you come back to your unit, you come back to your base. There's all these. Uh, services mm-hmm. on the base to help you, you just get thrown back. You know, I just came back to Beverly. That was it. I deployed to Iraq. <laughs> I get done and I'm back to Beverly. And also my life is supposed to be normal, mm-hmm. you know, so that can be a challenge. And so a lot of out- outreach from the state level, like with that SAVE team, I talked about um, having um, a whole bunch of different veterans uh, meetings or having coffees now, like the Victoria Rocky mm-hmm. Post every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know things like that, so that we can reach out and touch those veterans.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, turning a little bit to, to the, econ- the economy, the Massachusetts economy is doing is doing fantastic now. There's you know employment is is unemployment is like three point five percent or something like that. Um, with the economy going so well, you know schools you know have have received you know a bump in in school funding, but a lot of them will say it hasn't been necessarily commensurate with how great the economy is doing how do you feel uh, and, and also a lot of people talk about the school funding formula being um, horribly outdated um, what's your what's your thoughts on
1: yeah I mean there's there was a commission that looked at that they made recommendations um, we did pass unfortunately like the house and the Senate passed two versions really late in the session we couldn't get them to to reconcile so we're going to take a tackle that tackle that again next session. The house version would have given uh, cities and towns an extra $500 million in education funding beyond the 4.9 billion Mm -hmm. that we did this year. So I think that will happen next session. We'll have more time to tackle that. It's so complicated. I mean, so let's say for example, we increase the education funding by $100 million statewide, that's big money, right? right? But Beverly, that might be $50,000 right, because right. you're spreading over 351 cities and towns. So that's the challenge is how do you do that? And places like Brockton and Holyoke and Springfield say, hey, we're not getting the money that we deserve. So trying to make it fair, you know, Beverly, we get about 8 million. Salem right next door gets about 19 million. It's, right. it's all easy, based on, you know, demographics, population, Prop- income, property, yeah. things like property. Yeah. So it, it's really, really complicated. It's like an MIT <laughs> <and>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: math whiz is right. trying to figure this stuff out. But right. I think there is a recognition that we do have to tackle that. I think the issues that I hear about are special ed costs for sure. Those mm-hmm. are a challenge. Mm-hmm. Spe- you, the, you know, what, what I'm told, like by Dr. Hershey, the is you could get one student that moves into Beverly and it could cost them $200,000 if mm-hmm. they have special needs. How do you say no to that kid and right. that family? You, you, right. you, you sh- we shouldn't, but. You know, that that's unexpected costs yep. that, that they're dealing with. So in Massachusetts, we're supposed to reimburse the cities and towns 75%. We were at like 68% a couple of years ago, we're up to like 71% now. So if we can try to get up to that 75%, I think that'll help the cities yep. and towns as well.
0: Yep. Great, we have a few more minutes. Um, there are also three ballot questions, um, three questions on the ballot in November. Um, there's one, question one is about the uh, the nursing staffing ratios, question two, um, would would create a commission to to consider Citizens United and Question Three is the um, um, transgender bill. What what what's your how would you vote on how would you plan on voting on those? I'll, on just tell,
1: I'll tackle the last two because those are the two easier ones for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the commission is easy. It's it's just a commission looking at the Citizens United mm-hmm. case. That's 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 a huge issue. You know, whether or not we should have corporations mm-hmm. funding elections and things like that. Um, so yes, on that. Um, question three, the transgender bill, I voted for that as, mm-hmm. a, as a state rep, so I don't think we should go back and mm-hmm. take a step back. I mean, that was an odd situation where at the time it was illegal to discriminate hiring a transgender person, but th- let's say that person worked at a restaurant, we could say, you can work here, but you can't use the bathroom, it made no sense. So um, we made public accommodation part of that, so I'll vote yes on that. The nursing question, I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) That is a challenge. My brother's a nurse. You know, he's telling me, Jerry, vote yes. Then you've got um, like the State Health Policy Commission, which is an independent agency saying it could cost the state $900 million a year. That's a huge hit. So I I don't know. I guess I'm leaning no on that one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's just the
0: implications of that, I think, are are not clear to folks, you know. Mm -hmm. So does, does doing things by doing that stuff by ballot, does that give you pause a little bit? I mean, it's taking, I mean, it's, you know, theoretically, it's the legislature's job. Um, I think with something complicated
1: like that, <laughs> it should be done in the legislative process with hearings. We did vote a couple years ago to require uh, hospitals to have only two patients per one nurse in the ICU, mm-hmm. which is the most critical patients. And that was sort of an agreement among all the parties. And yeah, that makes sense. We'll mm-hmm. do that. Nobody could come to an agreement on this nurse staffing question, so um, the Mass Nurses Association came up with this ballot question, and I don't think it's the best way to to legislate, mm-hmm. you know. And that's how the marijuana question came about, right?
0: And right. it was written
1: by the marijuana industry, right? So, right. I
0: mean, here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, getting going to to the to the statewide race. Um, you know, um, Governor Governor Baker seems to be, um, over the past 4 years it'd be very popular not only among, among Republicans, but he seems to have worked very well uh, with Democrats too. I was wondering how you would grade his performance over, over the past you know, four years and where has he done well and where would he need to improve?
1: You know, I think we. What I like about the legislature and just in politics in Massachusetts, we do work well together. I mean, a lot of times, like the budget is the most important thing, and we'll vote it like one fifty-nine. There's 160 of us. It might be one fifty-nine to one or one fifty-eight to two. So, I think as far as working with the governor, you know, I think we've had a good working relationship with him. I, I you know, I, he signed the veterans bill that I talked about, the Pete Frady's bill mm-hmm. that I introduced. Uh, he's come into Beverly a bunch of times, and the lieutenant governor. So, I mean, I think we have had a good working relationship with him. I mean, there's obviously, you know, I think that issues that you talked about earlier, like the transportation mm-hmm. is probably his Achilles heel in a way. But, I mean, he's he is trying to tackle and address it. So I have a good working relationship with the governor and his staff. Um, I think he's a pretty popular guy, and I think he tries mm-hmm. to keep politics out of a lot mm-hmm. of the decisions And how And you're a Democrat, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And how so, would you... How would you, how would you um, you know, assess the legislature's job or how they've done over the last is there anything is there anything big that was left on the table that you wish um, hadn't been I think healthcare costs are
1: a huge problem for our budget. It's 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 like forty two percent of the state budget and there was a bill to try to address that and it never made it through the finish line. It's it's very complicated. So I think that's something that we're really gonna have to try to tackle because if we don't we have a billion dollar surplus this year, but a lot of that gets chewed up by the increased costs in healthcare. So you can't provide that extra money for transportation or education that you'd like to if it's all getting chewed up by these mandated healthcare costs, mm-hmm. you know, Medicaid and things like that. So I think that's something that we really need to tackle. And in that special ed that we talked about and the right. funding formula, I think those are things that we're gonna really try to tackle hard next session, if I'm there.
0: <laughs> and, the, and the Brimble Overpass, where are we? Yeah. Everybody, everybody on Dunham Road is waiting to see when the Brimble Overpass is gonna.
1: Yeah, phase two. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, I, I, you know, that was a few, back when Mayor Scanlon was mayor, that was a $20 million project, right. who knows how much it is now. <laughs> I'd love to see that happen and take a lot of that traffic off of Brimble Ave. Um, but that's something that you know we need to work with. as people duty. learn to use the yeah. roundabout. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great. Exactly. Well, thank you, thank you for taking the time. Thank you, and I appreciate I it. We're all set. Okay.
1: okay.
0: Are we all set? Do I like, was I short? Uh, next time, just yeah. give us a
1: couple more seconds. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Away. That's okay. Yeah.
0: We thought you were going to sign off. Thank oh, you okay. for Joining I didn't us. I not know. Yeah. All right. No problem. It's all right. No problem. We'll keep we're out. are <laughs> right. right. Here. <laughs>
1: I don't thank you for
0: joining us. Yeah. (laughs) Good job. That That was was good. That was fun. Yeah. yeah.